Cut the Crest presents The Screening Room That's always my, my nervousness, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I never think that um, I've got anything helpful to say. So oh, um, crazy. Come on. You, be, can. you teach, right? You're teaching on Saturdays. So I, I teach I teach on Saturdays. Yeah. But yeah. it's uh, it's one thing to, you know, uh, it's one thing to teach very young people, maybe making their first film to, to, right. to kind of uh, perhaps people who have been making films for 10, 15 years. And, yeah. You know, it, it's very difficult because I think everyone's experience is different. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of my. Uh, I think that's what's so unique about trying to get into film is every there is no one success story. I don't think. Yeah. Anyway. Um, you know, you get lots of people trying to emulate the success story they hear someone tell them. Yeah. And then you realise you kind of got to. It's taken me maybe eight nine years before I realised I've just got to do it on my own. Yeah. And however long that takes is how long that's supposed to take. Yeah. Which uh, can be. Uh, uh, infuriating at times but at yeah. the same time you know uh, if i am lucky enough to get on and you know make um make some high budget movies with some big names yeah you know then then um I, everything i've learned along the way will ready me for that moment yeah 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 no absolutely uh yeah no i get it i get it um i always get intimidated when i'm like meeting some of these people at shindigs and stuff and yeah like you say they've been yeah. doing this stuff for ages and i almost feel like a fraud saying well i'm a filmmaker when I've only made odds and sods, and most of it isn't even out there yet. Do you know what I mean? And it's taken. Well, no, but here's the thing: is I I feel the same imposter syndrome. I constantly feel like oh, I can't really call myself a filmmaker in front of these people, and yeah. And then I've realised that they're also having imposter syndrome, and that everyone feels that way. Oh, interesting. And, and I okay. also think that I've met so many writers and directors who have been writing a script for like ten years. Yeah. You know, I ran into a guy. I was doing a part-time job in a coffee house yeah. years ago. And he was writing a script and he, you know, he was going to send it to working title and yeah. all of this stuff. And, and he's still writing it. <laughs> right. Bloody hell. He's never finished it. And I'm, it's, uh, you know, so there's, there's a lot of people that don't even get to the part of making their own short film. They try and jump straight to a feature. It's too yeah. much to handle. I think yeah. to jump straight into features. They're enormous. They, they mm. are just such big things. Yeah. Um, you know, you should definitely go and make a two minute short film for YouTube and put it online and, yeah. and see how many people, you know, dislike it with the little, you yeah, know, the little thumbs yeah. down, which will be lots. But then that's okay because you might get five people that will comment and say it's great and that's really encouraging. Yeah. And then go and do it again, but with a three minute film and a four minute film. And, yeah. You know, that, that's the, you know, but a lot of people don't get even to there. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't get that far that, because yeah. they, they, they worry or they talk themselves out of it. So, yeah, you should definitely refer to yourself as a filmmaker because you have made a film. Yeah, you know, and that's a big, uh, big. It's a big leap, but it's it's uh, it's an important one. Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's nice to hear that. Actually, I mean, we the the, the choice to make robbed. It was literally like because the, the writer director James. I mean, he's an actor by trade. You can call it a trade. Um, that that's his thing but he's always he's written odds and sods here and there and he had this idea back in like 2014 and we were like wasted at a um you can't call it a rap party but we just finished up um a stage show and uh so we had this get together at the director's house and he he brought this script over and he was like oh can you can you read this because he's he's young yeah he's cause certainly by you know next to me he's a lot he's a lot younger back then he was only like i think 23 or 24 yeah. Um, but talented beyond his years, actually. He's an incredible actor. He, he, he should be a lot further oh, yeah. ahead than what he probably is. But, uh, and yeah, so he brought that script and we're like, yeah, yeah, this is cool, man. And then, like, we spent a little bit, you know, you have that initial energy, right? That burst. And you're all, you're all just geared to go and you're going back and forth. And we developed the script a bit and then it went dead for about a year. And then we caught up again. Yeah, about a year and a half later, actually, uh, in 2016, early 2016, and just decided, Again, we were wasted, and I was just like, "Let's just fucking make it." Yeah, and, of course, yeah, you, you know, got it. And it was a thirty-page script, right? Or thirty-ish. So it was, it was quite long. Do you know what I mean? It was quite ambitious for a uh, yeah. For that a is very long. Yeah, but um, we just yeah, we, and then we kind of did it. But it took like another three years. 
sort of on and off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I, I, I've got a few, you know, if you make something sort of low budget, you're also making it slow budget, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it. It, it's so, because um, you have to work on it when you're not earning maybe yeah. money, you yeah. know, and then you have to save the money to earn the money yeah. to uh, to then put back into the film. Yeah, exactly. When we were doing Survivors back in, we shot the, the majority of, I had this wild idea out of film school. Yeah. That um, because I was sick and tired of writing to production companies and getting job rejections because I didn't have any experience. Yeah. Uh, which my response was always, "Well, how do I get that? You know, yeah. I'm trying to get that with you. This is a floor runner or a, a production assistance role. Yeah. You know, that's what you know. Entry level, you should yeah, expect yeah. entry level. You know. Um, and there the, was they would never come back to me, and I just thought, well, let's all go make a film then. So I kind of gathered some people I graduated with, some people I knew had graduated from other universities. And we put a crew together of mostly graduates um, who were just infuriated by the idea that the system wasn't working for us. Mm. Um, and we, we wrote a script uh, based off a short film we'd done, uh, developed the script for a year, yeah. uh, did a crowdfunding campaign for way not enough money. But we were too young and too stupid to know that. Yeah. Um, we, we, we exceeded our funding goals. So we ended up with £4,900 to shoot oh, this feature wow. film with, which we wildly assumed would be enough. Yeah. Uh, and we scheduled an 11-day shoot uh, in yeah. September 2012. Wow. And we came up wildly short, as you can imagine. Yeah. We, we, we shot the film, and there was probably about a 10-page section we hadn't managed to shoot. Oh, wow, okay. But the rest of it was was okay, yeah. um, and so we went into editing. And I thought, well, we'll do pickups later. I'll I'll go and earn some more money, and I'll I'll save up again, and I'll do some more maybe yeah. next year. Yeah. And we put it into editing. And for whatever reason, you know, I think the big learning curve for me was if you want if you uh, if you want to work at such a low budget, really do it yourself. Yeah, and that was my thing. Like we had an editor on board who was fabulous, but she couldn't stay committed to the project. Yeah. yeah, she was cutting remotely. We, we, there was no money in it for anybody. Yeah. Um, and same with our sound designer in the end. Right. Um, so we basically decided so, really stupidly, but again, massive learning experience. Mm. We would just cut the film ourselves. And I, I've done some video editing and so has, mm. um, so has my best mates. We were like, yeah, we, we can do this. Well, you've, it, I mean, yeah. we, we cut the film from start to finish yeah. in 12 weeks. Wow, okay. Working two evenings a week. So we, we did two evenings starting at five and finishing at nine. Yeah. Um, we did two evenings a week. We got an assembly cut of everything we shot. Yeah. We assembled in order of story uh, in 12 weeks. And then we realized it had massive holes in it. Right. Okay. So we cut, as in, we did holes that some of it wasn't like, oh, we've, we've written the script. Because the script read great, right? Yeah. So yeah. we were like, it's good. But then we realized that actually there is a disconnect between knowing as a filmmaker yeah. what scenes need to be there versus writing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we realized it wasn't clear what our main character was doing. Like, why, why was she here? What was she doing? So we had to go and write a scene. So when we, we fine cut the film down to about uh, 100 minutes before we decided we committed to reshoots. Yeah. And we rewrote, uh, we, we added new scenes. We added six or seven minutes of new scenes. Yeah. Uh, and we obviously went and reshot or shot for the first time that whole section, but with an extensive rewrite yeah, um, based off of where our actors had taken the characters versus where my, me as a filmmaker was trying to iron grip it to go. Yeah. And we shot those in 2015. Right. Um, it took us that long to mm -hmm. kind of get there. Wait, uh, when did you we, start? No, we didn't. We shot them in 2014. Pickups in 2014. Okay. And when did you start uh, principal uh, photography? Say that again? When did you start principal photography? Uh, March 2012. Wow, we wrapped okay. 2014 officially on second unit. Okay. Well, um, on uh, pickups. Okay. Uh, and then we actually went out and did a further tiny bit of um, B-roll filming for our found footage sections. Right, okay. Um, a little bit later, just because we needed a couple of shots that we didn't have yeah. out of car windows and stuff, which we could do ourselves. Yeah. And then we sound designed the whole film ourselves too. Oh, wow. Which we, I'd learned to do a little bit of it at uni, but it was obviously, it's a big thing, mixing a feature versus, you know, like, yeah, yeah. you know, in your first year of uni, when the sound guy goes, what does the moon sound like? Do yeah. me a sound design about the moon. <laughs> you know, those are very different experiences. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was a real learning experience that, you know, there's nothing you can't learn from the internet. Yeah. And so we were, uh, we were happy to spend our own time on it. 
yeah. um, was we weren't paying anyone else to do it and it was squeezing in. The only thing we had an external come on and do was we had some VFX done. Okay. Um, I made a friend in a really positive place um, okay. and he did, uh, he worked on some big stuff and he said he'll do one big shot for us and that was the aeroplane downed in the field from the trailer. Oh, nice. um, and he did that completely for free. Uh, and then we, we did a couple of shots ourselves, like all the gun, gunshot stuff. Yeah. That's actually very basic. The effect you can get a YouTube tutorial on how to make that look pretty convincing pretty quickly. Okay. And then there was a couple other shots of helicopters and stuff coming over that we, we sourced out to a guy, uh, in Spain, uh, mm-hmm. who did the, the most amazing job with them. Yeah. Uh, and he said he'd be happy to do them for free, but you're going to have to wait six weeks while I work on some other stuff. And we were like, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. You take it, don't you? You, you, you take it. You know, if yeah. you're prepared to do that for us, then absolutely. Like, we don't have a release in mind until the end of 2015. Yeah. And so the film was finished probably about May 2015, and we released Halloween 2015. Wow, okay. Um, ourselves, we decided to self-distribute, which is crazy, um, <laughs> with a, a distribution partner in the US, Canada, Mexico. Nice. Um, and actually, the first week went really well, and then it dipped off, and then we've signed a distribu- an ongoing distribution deal now with the guys at Film Vault. Okay. So while we retain self-distribution uh, rights, we can do what we want with it. Yeah. Uh, it's a non-exclusive deal. It's on Amazon Prime, Roku, uh, Apple TV, I think it's coming to this year. Right, okay. So it, it kind of, it's good that audiences are seeing it. It was never supposed to be a commercial vehicle. Yeah. Um, but audiences are seeing it. People seem to like it. I think people yeah. either really like it or they don't. Yeah. I think that's kind of, it, it's, not, it's, it's I hate to say it, it's a bit of a Marmite film. People either really yeah. get it or they go, I don't understand what this is supposed to be about. Yeah. yeah. And that's fine. I'm okay with that as a learning experience. It's done better than anything I could ever have imagined Yeah, for it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, we are speaking to Adam uh, Sphinx today. He, in case you haven't worked it out yet, uh, is a writer-director. He's a filmmaker. Um, and interestingly enough, we were just talking about the film Survivors. And that is how Adam and I met, actually, because we met in, I think it was 20, it was either 2014 or 15. I think 15, yeah. no, because the film was finished, yeah. I think it was 15. Yeah. And it was at Watford Comic Con, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So it you was. were out We promoting. were on the next table. Yeah, you were promoting, yeah. Arthur was signing, I don't know what I was doing. I, I just you were, to you were, um, uh, you were to the left of us, Yeah, and you were drawing, uh, you had your art on display. Okay, right, um, right. And then you were do. You did a couple of commissions for people in the room, which they loved. I right, that. okay, that, um, okay, cool. Yeah, and you took a few commissions on the day. That was a good con, actually, that one. Yeah, um, it was busy. We went... We went and did Guildford after that. We yeah. thought we were really encouraged by that con. So we went and did Guildford, and Guildford was dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- it was in interesting. Fact, I, th- I think it was too big. We saw each other then as well, I think, didn't we? I think yeah. we did. I think you were yeah. there. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I wasn't there on the first day. My no. producer was there on the first day, and then we were all there on the second day. Yeah. And, you know, like we sold a few copies of the DVD, but, yeah. um, it, you know, as with these things, the risk is that you don't make back yeah the cost of the entrance we we did we we didn't lose money Good. Uh, but it wasn't um it, it just wasn't i think because it's his first year yeah i think it probably would have been better to have been a one day con yeah, yeah really yeah, yeah. packed it in and, and really had a full one day as opposed yeah. to spreading maybe one and a half days worth of stuff across two days yeah exactly yeah, that's, that's how that one felt to us but it was it was good fun and then we yeah. we decided from there you know we would let what happened with it happen and yeah. and uh and it's 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 still. I think our distributors impressed with the performance. We're still doing well on their Amazon Prime ranking. So excellent. Okay. It's good. It's good. I'm yeah. happy with that. So everybody, go check out um, Survivors if you haven't done so already. Uh, okay. So Adam, um, one of the things, the one of the main reasons. I mean, aside from the fact that you're a very interesting chap um, and a very experienced filmmaker. Uh, I wanted to talk to you, you, you on your page on your Facebook page. Yeah. Late last year, you posted a few interesting um, sort of. Uh, uh, you had some posts on, on an interesting topic about film festivals. And, yeah, yeah, and this resonated with me uh, particularly uh, because at that time, um, I was sort of kind of quite deep into doing the festival stuff for uh, uh, the short film that we made. Uh, yeah, with James uh, Rob. So and and you know. My, my experience is quite actually it's quite limited and um the robbed is really the first festival experience that i've had and, and i kind of yeah. went all in so i find my i found myself learning uh quite a bit just from your you know your posts which were they were, they were pretty you know concise right they were pretty brief but i felt like there's a lot more 
there that we there's, could probably talk yeah, about. Yeah, there's, there's ta- I mean, film festivals are hard. Yeah. Um, it's the hardest part of what we do because you're essentially sending it out to somebody else. Yeah. And they're going to judge you. And if they, they don't care how much work and sweat and blood, none of that. Yeah. Uh, they they care about whether it's good and the problem I think a, a guy I worked with who I don't get on with anymore we, we oh, don't yeah. speak we're, we're very different but he did give me um, what one piece of advice I said to him you know this looks really good for our budget once yeah. I was very young and very stupid and he said to me I don't ever want to hear you say that again the audience do not care about your budget yeah he said because if it's in a cinema or it's on a DVD they expect Avatar yeah 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 he said and, and it's unfair but they do and and. You know, if they think a film is out there in the world finished, they expect it yeah. to meet the standards of something they could turn Netflix on and watch. And when yeah. it doesn't, they turn it off. Right, yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, and I, I banked it, and it's obviously come in handy later, because one of the things that, uh, that that drive me up the wall with festival submissions and filmmakers yeah. is they submit unfinished films. Do they? Um, uh, well, they do, and I don't think that they know that they're unfinished, though. This is sometimes... The issue I have, I went to a mm. film festival that, that was very kind in giving us some awards mm. uh, for like Glass last uh, two years ago nearly. Yeah. And he was screening something. I won't say the name of the film because sure. I don't want to uh, highlight the filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, but he was screening, there was two films on that day alongside us. And one of them wasn't graded. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, as in, well, if it had been graded, it wasn't checked for uh, framing issues. You could still see barn doors on lighting uh, okay. that would not been correctly framed out. Yeah. Uh, the, the images, whilst they were broadly balanced with each other, they were very log, they were very flat. They yeah. weren't very, you know, it's a, such an important visual part of, 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 of your storytelling. Yeah. So when I see a film that isn't graded and exposed properly and with care, yeah. it sort of immediately tells me as a, uh, that they, uh, that either they don't know how important that, that, that step is. Yep. Or that, they don't care. Yeah. And the problem is, is when them films like that screen at festivals, yeah. it then goes to me, hang on a minute. You know, we can't say that this is a level playing field. Yeah. You know, it, films should be finished. They should be, because film is, is made up of so many layers. Mm. You've obviously got the story that yeah. has to work. That has to, and then you obviously got the filmmaking on top of the story that has to convey the story with the correct emotions at the right time. Yeah. You've got to make sure it's mixed. The sound's got to be mixed so it's not crackling everywhere. And, yeah. You know, it's not up and down. It's not an unpleasant experience to listen to. It gives yeah. you the right feelings at the right time. Music. Yeah. Um, I don't like stock music in films. I think no. there are plenty of composers out there. I mean, any filmmaker will tell you your inbox with it five to six times a week. Yeah. Uh, you've been spammed by a composer who's found you on IMDb Pro <laughs> yeah. and, has, and has sent you a SoundCloud link to all of their work. Yeah, yeah. So these, these composers are out there. Yeah. Uh, and they're really good. Busy. And they're good. Yeah. And, and, you know, I always reply, I try to reply and say, um, because sometimes they make the mistake of asking me to download all their stuff. I'm, I'm not no, going to yeah. do that. No. Because I don't want 40 tracks of someone I don't know on my computer. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You, you know, that, that, that I think is, is something the composers, if anyone's listening and is a composer, don't do that. Yeah. Um, that's annoying. And also but, when they, on the occasions where, they say this is my um, here's my reel, but it's literally just a track listing, so it's like a compiled thing. Yeah, you, you, you just kind think, of want to see it with the film that you've made it with. Yeah, like, yeah. I want to know what that score does in the moment that you've asked it to. Yeah. So, like, if I'm hiring a composer, I want to know that they understand yeah. because it's such an important emotional part of the storytelling. Yeah. If you don't have that, yeah, um, you can't. It's another tool for a director to say, actually, you know, the shooting of that's great and the actor's great. Yeah. But I think that moment needs a little more. Yeah. So you can ask your composer. You can say, right, can we do something? Can we highlight this emotion that maybe isn't coming through as much as I would like? Yeah. Uh, yeah in this exactly. shot. And they, of course, can uh, um, every, you know, I've been very fortunate to work with some incredible composers over the years. Right. And um, it it's always just adds that layer and makes it sing. Yeah. Um, and, <clears> you know. <throat> And and it's awesome to be a part of making cool music. Mm. I don't like hearing stock music on on these things. But so that was so, so that was one film. Yeah. Uh, the, the other film was I honestly don't know what it was. No. Um. I I, I just watched it and thought. Uh. The from a uh an acting perspective it was good. Yeah. From a graded perspective this was very good. Sound all over the show. Oh dear. 
um, it was going from one speaker to the other, and it's actually in a cinema. It's a really unpleasant experience when the sound isn't working. Bouncing around, yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably thought they were being really clever. Sorry, I've walked so. out of Hollywood films that have had bad sound. Yeah. Um, I've walked out and got a refund. So, uh, I, you know, because I just think those thousands of people didn't work so hard on Hollywood film yeah. to have their sound, you know, shown poorly at the cinema. Mm. So I uh, I get a refund and go. The last film I did that with Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <gasps> um, for some reason, the speaker system was broken and the cinema actually said to me, we didn't think anyone would notice, so we didn't change it. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I said, it's crackling. I can't even listen to it. It's awful. Yeah, like, it's yeah. really impacted my enjoyment of the film. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not hearing it the way the filmmaker intended, so I'm, yeah. I'm not interested. And they didn't, they seemed very confused by this complaint. Really? Okay. Did you get your money back? I did. I got all four of the tickets we bought my back. Yeah. Uh, and they gave us free tickets to come and see something else. So that right. was okay, I suppose. But yeah. it was, um, it's a shame that it even got screened at all. Yeah. Um, I just think the fact those films were on at a film festival. Yeah. Um, zero disrespect to the filmmakers. Yeah. But when the selection process is so brutal. Yeah. I'm there going, hang on a minute. How How did this get through? How did this get through? And someone, yeah. maybe I might know someone else who's made a beautiful film. Yeah. And that's not got in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you think, hang on a minute. How is this fair? And then you realize, well, that process of, of what people like and don't like. Yeah. Is. is the defining thing all film festivals have in common, mm. whether you're uh, organizing a screening in your mate's house yeah. or going to Sundance, it's all based on you're only going to screen what you want to watch. Yeah. So exactly. when you start film festivaling, if that's a word, um, <laughs> it is then, now, it is now. Yeah. Um, film festivaling. We just, we just quit. Yeah. That's, that's ours now. Yeah. That's ours forever. Um, you have to bear that in mind. Yeah. Not everyone's going to love you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is a heartbreaking experience. Mm. It is tough, isn't it? Because I, I think yeah. whenever you put anything that you've made out there to be judged, essentially, oh, by anyone, hard, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's just, um, I mean, thankfully. Brutal. Yeah. I mean, th thankfully for me, I mean, my background is uh, art and design. So I've spent most of my life in art colleges and in that kind of environment where you're having multiple critiques uh, every week. Yeah. You know, so you kind of, after a while, after a few years of doing that, or maybe not even years after, you know, months, maybe, uh, you kind of get used to, used to that process and you kind of lose that fear a bit. But I had to say, when I put, when I started putting Robbed out there, that fear kind of came back, maybe because the medium is very different, you know, and I can't. It, it comes back straight away because you yeah. get these faceless emails. Exactly. And, there's, and whenever Film Freeway, who I love. Yeah. Uh, I send you a rejection. Yeah, you can literally you don't even have to open the email. You can read the tagline, the one underneath it when it's previewing on your phone. Yeah, you know yeah. you've got it. It's like, thank you for your submission to. No, I'm going. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Usually they start with congratulations, and you're like, oh, yeah. okay, I'll bother reading this one. Yeah. Um. Uh. And that it can be really tough. Yeah. And we got spoiled a bit with my last short, like glass. We yeah. submitted the first five festivals we submitted to said yes. Amazing. Wow. So for ages, we had a 100% success rate. And I was yeah. like, this is not going to carry on. Yeah. Or I'm going to win an Oscar. I'm not really sure which one it is. <laughs> um, it turned out it didn't carry on. And I'm definitely not going to win an Oscar. So <laughs> okay. it, it's, you know, but you just, you have no idea how it's going to be received. Yeah. And, and um, it was really sort of, it's a really brutal experience. But what I would say is um, to croach, bleh, to start to touch on this idea of film festival agencies. Hmm. Uh, with the film festival experience, even though every film festival is baking on what they like and dislike and all of that, you have to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, it's fair, sort of. It's okay. fair because it's unfair, but it's unfair to everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that is, I think, what these agencies maybe are starting to. Uh, let's find the right words because I don't want to upset anybody because mm. I don't think what anyone's doing is negative. Hmm. Uh, I just don't necessarily think it's it's healthy. Maybe okay. if that makes sense. Which so is um, film say, festival agencies. Yeah, what what are charge they? You, yeah, they they charge you a load of money basically. Okay, and then they just so submit say, on your behalf. Sort of. So there's different options. So let's take let's. I'm not going to name any names. There's a no. few out there, and um, they basically they offered sometimes two options. The first one is like some sort of 
advice strategy where they will tailor a list of film festivals to you. They'll watch your film. Okay. And then they'll tailor a list of film festivals they think you should approach that'll be good for it. Okay. And then they and then you pay something like, I don't know, some of them charge like five, seven, eight hundred pounds for that. Oh bloody hell. And then you and then you submit it yourself, which you still incur all the fees anyway. Right. The other side of it is then the submission kind of sometimes these places will take you on as some sort of like they'll represent you almost. Yeah. And they will do all the so they will then do all the submissions for you and do the strategy. Right. For like fifteen hundred pounds, which sounds a good deal till you realise you've still got to pay the uh, fees on top to submit to all those festivals that they've Oh right, it doesn't yeah, okay. So that's just doesn't include fee. the fees. Does yeah. not include the fees. Yeah. Which is so often quite dear, right? Like uh a big festivals ones aren't about cheap. 15, I mean if, especially if you're going for something uh what is it? The guy um some of them are free, which is great. Yeah. And some of them are cheap. Oscar qualifiers tend not to be. No. Although there's a few that are free. Um or very cheap. But there there's kind of festivals can go, especially ones in America can be fifty five, sixty five dollars a submission. Yeah. And and so then you, you say you want to do fifty film festivals. Uh, that's how many there's on the list they generate for you. Yeah. And that's the thirty dollar average on every submission. Yeah. You know, well, <laughs> the maths adds up real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus then the eighteen hundred you've paid out. Yeah. To have these guys do it for you. Yeah. And I think you can make a we're looking at the better part of three thousand, aren't we? Yeah. So, and that's just to get your film seen by the people. Yeah. But doesn't guarantee people, anything. That that's hard. Mm. And especially if you probably made the film, as most indies are making the film for five pounds and a bag of Skittles, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's not you've made the film using all of the favours you could possibly muster. Yeah. Um, plus far more money than you thought you would spend. So to have that another goal, that hurdle, I think mm. it's continuing the idea that film is a game played by rich people. Yeah. You know, the, uh, and so it's what is creating another unfairness in the system, which is we've got special connections to these festivals. We can get you into these festivals, but you're paying for the privilege. Mm. I, I just think that the quality of the work should be what speaks. Yeah, absolutely. And for three thousand pounds, a new filmmaker could go and make four short films. Yeah, and put them on YouTube and find an audience that way. And if you're smart enough, and you, you can contact enough bloggers. Yeah, you know, to maybe do a little interview with you about it, or or you know, get get some local coverage. Yeah, you could maybe reach six thousand people online. Yeah, which, by the way, is more than you will ever get. Yeah. screening it uh you know more people than will ever watch your film even if you screen a sundance yeah so you know which one is better you you, you know film we're trying to entertain people right yeah and, and i just think how are you getting to the people you know if it works if you've got 30 grand budget for a short film yeah and you really want to go for those top end festivals yeah maybe it's a great shout because you've got budget there to yeah. back you up with doing it yeah and it's something you don't have to worry about but I've never been fortunate to have the the budget or the the clout to be able to command that kind of command command that kind of budget. Yeah. So I find it a bit problematic. Yeah. Right. Make, do, you know, do you know what I mean? I just yeah, think that absolutely. we should focus on making movies because yeah. um, we got to get better at it. Yeah. You know, I meet a lot of because I work with young people. I meet a lot of filmmakers making their first, second shorts, and they're like, "So I'm going to submit it to uh, I'm going to submit it to South by Southwest. Why? Yeah. You are not going to get in. Yeah. Um. You know, I've submitted South by Southwest three times, never, ever got in. Yeah. Rain Dance, I've lost count. Uh, I've <laughs> submitted every single film I've ever made to Rain Dance. Yeah. Um, I actually time it because I know when the rejection's coming now. Oh, God. Um, I'll, I, you know, it, because it, it's kind of, again, it's about kind of what they like and whether you fit the brand and yeah. all of that stuff. And, the, you know, the larger the film festival, the harder it's getting to. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're a local filmmaker and you've made your first film for £400. Yeah. Organize a screening event with friends. There's plenty of amazing free screening events as well. Like yeah. there's a guys up in uh, North London somewhere to the Forest Film Club. Okay. Uh, they screen shorts once a month. Uh, these guys called Film Vault. Okay. Up in Manchester, kind of the north, they do free screenings every month of short films. Yeah. Um, there's one in London. I forget what it's called. Moving Pictures Shorts, I think it is. Okay. Um, we screened Imagineer there. Um, oh, nice. Okay. These guys are great. Like, and you can you can get it in front of an audience. Yeah. And you haven't had to pay any money. They just ask that you go or attend or try to. Yeah. Um, and what that's doing is it's giving you peer feedback. 
yeah. which for your first short, you should definitely be all over. Yeah. Um, because you're not going to get it right first time. You're not even going to get it right 50th time. No. It's always going to see things you want to change. But if you can work out what audiences want, then then that's that's key, isn't it? I think yeah. we've we're led we're led now by you know this prestige factor of getting into these film festivals. But yeah. you know laurels, why? I just I stopped one day and thought, why? Yeah. Why are we led by this? Yeah. You know, if I make one person cry with a film that I'm obviously I don't want them to cry because it's so bad, I want them to cry <laughs> because that's what I wanted them to. Yeah. yeah. Then success, job done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's an emotional story that they've understood and engaged with. Yeah. Which is ultimately what we're doing here. Yeah. Uh, that's the point of what we do. As long as it connects with somebody. Yeah, absolutely. As long as it connects with somebody, that's all you've got to do. And, you know, we put this pressure on ourselves to look how many laurels we've got on our poster. Yeah. yeah. And and actually, uh, it's sort of meaningless. Yeah. Um, it, it's nice. And if you get a distribution deal on a feature or something, they yeah. want it to have premiered somewhere. Yeah. Um, because they can put it on all their market. It's marketing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it sort of all boils down to, is your film good enough? Great, let's screen it somewhere. Yeah. If it's not, what did you learn? Put it online, do it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's, I, suppose, I sound quite militant when I say it like that. But you kind of have to be, don't you? I, th- I think you do. Well, yeah, because there's a thousand people just like you or yeah. me or – thousands more probably yeah. who are making short films and feel like at times we're screaming into an echo chamber or begging for someone to notice what we've done yeah. using social media and things like that. And, yeah. and you know, that it can be a very lonely experience. Yeah. And I think getting your work out in front of audience festivals can be too, yeah. you know, you sit there's often the director who's also the producer who's also the writer. Yeah. And you know, you, you, you're often hiding behind, I've got a team or well, yeah, but they've gone on to do other things cause they were, they worked on the film with you. Yeah. But it's you and sometimes feels like only you. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I know that and at me. times on shorts I've done, it has been only me. Mm. Um, just kind of trying to get a blog article yeah. so that 10 more people will watch your work. And yeah. you'd have to just, you know, very lucky with the new one, like Glass. Yeah. Um, the whole team is it so committed. beautiful, by the way. It's, it's um, available on... Uh... It's coming out, yeah, it's coming out 12th of Feb. Okay. Well, hopefully. Yeah. Um, 14th, definitely, Valentine's okay. Day. It's not a romantic movie, everyone. Uh, <laughs> it's actually the opposite of that, but we're, we're going for a Valentine's-ish release. Okay. Um, and then we're just waiting to find out on our online premiere, which I should be able to announce this week. Okay. Hopefully the 12th um, okay. uh, uh, February, and then we're just hoping as many people as possible come and watch the film. And, yeah. Enjoy. It's 15 minutes long, so you know, watch it on a lunch break or yeah. or um, on the train. I would just recommend watching it aloud. Uh, we right. we took we spent so much time on the sound design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, the whole film is ADR. The oh, whole film. Oh right, okay. Um, um, besides, there's two, four or five lines of dialogue in it that were done on set. Okay. But the rest of it, we just didn't have a sound operator because um, we wanted to build the sound of the world that we wanted from the bottom up. Yeah. Okay. So we knew that we wanted to take a lot of sound away. Yeah. So we thought if we record sound, it'd be very difficult to drop it out. Mm. But we just didn't have it. Yeah. We had a camera reference sound recording, but we didn't have any you didn't um, have a... traditional sound. And, and then okay. the, the two actresses came into the studio and uh, they even did their own breath tracks and stuff. It was unbelievable. <laughs> like, like these it. two girls were so committed yeah. to just making the film as good as it could be. Okay. Um, and their performances in it, especially given that both were 15 when they, when they did it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, are uh, remarkable. Okay. Um, you know, we ended up rewriting uh, one character because our actress was so good yeah. that we were like, we want more. The, the, you know, we, nice. we want more of that in, in the film, so we put more in. Yeah. And we found that the more we put in, the more it affected the ending, and the ending got more and more emotional. So, wow, okay. um, it, yeah, it was uh, we very fortunate to work with such an amazing team. There's only about 10 of us, and okay. everyone's super committed. Our writer, Teresa, she's unreal. Really? Like she's just working so hard on social media every day with yeah. her own book. She's a talented author in her own right. Okay. So for her to agree to come and write the script with us was just like, yes, win. Um, she's just got such a brilliant eye for a good story, which yeah. is what you want, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to ask you um, just quickly. So you won't record it just for those who maybe are listening and don't know what ADR is. It means that everything, all the, the dialogue and everything was re-recorded in a studio so any of the sound that was captured on set uh wasn't used it was then re-recorded uh, and then remixed after and so yeah with the exception of a couple of lines of dialogue yeah okay and um 
uh, and it was a creative choice. I've yeah. done it before because I've had to, yeah, um, for whatever reason. But with this, this was we knew this was when we had our sound designer come on board. Yeah, uh, we we knew he knew that we weren't going to have yeah anything. So he must have um, loved so, that though, no? He did he prefer? Oh, he to went, have He it? had a field day. Yeah, yeah. He had a field yeah. Day. And then when you go to the final mix, and he's just such uh, his name's Jamie Gamash, and, and okay. he did the most wonderful job. Yeah. Uh, we went to the we did the final mix together, and, and we were still playing with stuff five minutes before we locked it. You know, our wow, composer okay. Harry Brokenshaw, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and uh, our actor, our lead actress's dad, Peter Trappen, um, he came on board. And he's a Grammy Award winning guitar player, okay. uh, and he com- he did a few guitar tracks that we then affected. And, sort of buried in the score and then he, um, you can hear them the most clearly in the final credits but they're all in there right and okay. it, it just cre- it was all like everyone was a big family and everyone was yeah. just kind of going oh i'll do this bit and i'll do a bit of that we were able to pull it in and a friend i went to school with called cat delphi she's the artist cat delphi a singer okay. she lent us two of her tracks as did emily's father again lent us yeah. a couple of tracks for the radio sequence so people's music that we've known for ages we've been able to get it in and yeah. Well, it was so nice to be able to reach out and go, who wants to, you know, throw, you know, put something in here? Yeah, that's incredible. And, um, it was fab. It was so fun. It was just such a fun, it's the most fun I've ever had making a film because we got exactly what we wanted to, 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 to do. Yeah. No creative differences across the board. Like everybody wow, just was okay. like, how do we throw ourselves at the service of this amazing sort of film yeah. that we're going to make? Yeah. How do we, you know, and there were discussions. Oh, you know, on set, it was like, mm. what's instead of going, well, I want to do this, is well, actually, what's best for the story? You know, mm. everybody's it was egoless from top to bottom. Nice. And, and it was fabulous. That, um, yeah. And I, we're, we're hoping to turn Light Glass into a feature film, and we're writing the script now. Oh, excellent. Oh, wow. Um, okay. It's not called Light Glass, it's going to be called something else. And, sure. Uh, but it's, it should be really cool. Yeah. I just, I'm, I've got, you know, hope, fingers crossed that one will happen because oh, that's man. a very unusual film if, if we pull it off. Okay. Uh, no, that's incredible. Um, no, I wish you all the best with that one, all of you guys. Um, okay, okay, so just one last question on that. In terms of, okay, because we, we were talking about budget and stuff, and I know we were talking about budget in the context of festivals, but when you were actually yeah. making the film, um, was there, how, how big of an impact did having, uh, the ADR versus having somebody on set? I mean, because I've never done the ADR thing. I know a couple of people who do do that professionally for, big um studios and stuff but i have no idea in terms of like costs did it have an impact was it positive uh hugely positive but i'm i'm sort of i'm aware that i might be a bit spoiled with this it's just a good friend of mine yeah uh is an incredibly talented sound mixer okay and he's mixed every single one of my short films for me right uh and we've got uh you know he he agreed you know um yeah we've got an agreement in place that basically means it doesn't cost what it should cost Okay, fine. Um, uh, but the uh, but you know, so that agreement in in uh, in place means yeah. that sometimes we have to wait for movements in the schedule and stuff. Yeah, sure. And things like that. But we always try and plan the film. We're always just really open with each other about dates. So if if they come to me and say, "Oh, I can do it for for this," if we're doing another passion project, I can do it for this. Yeah. But uh, I'll need to. But if you move if you move the date there, I can do it. And if you yeah. don't. I can't. Then we try and get the diaries to sync up. Basically. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We always shoot shorts in the winter. That's a top tip for anybody, by the way. Oh, really? Um, film industry quiet. Yeah. Uh, in the winter, so yeah. you're more likely to get people to come on board your film if you don't try and film it right when they're getting work on the, the big films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, course, yeah. You know, the whole industry gets busier from sort of March onwards. So yeah. shoot, shoot before that. Mm. Um, you know, plan it one winter, shoot it the next winter. Yeah. Uh, when everyone, but January is a really good time. Yeah. Higher houses are quiet. Okay. So if you need to hire equipment, they may cut their deals. The other thing I would say is that I learned. I don't know if other people know this. Mm. Um, I learned it just from trying to hire from places not being able to afford it. Mm. Which was, um, if you hire for a weekend, yeah, it's cheaper. Okay. So they'll do you. Or you can pick it up Friday afternoon and drop it back Monday afternoon, and right. they'll do it for one point five days instead of three. Oh, right. Interesting. Okay. So if you can shoot over a weekend, it yeah. makes huge sense for the higher house. They, you know, they won't charge you consecutive days. They do a flat weekend rate, especially yeah. there's one down in Kingston, the Norberton way called New Day Pictures, Okay. who we've hired from a lot. And the, those guys do some super work in terms of supporting low budget films with initiatives like that. Oh, okay. That's um, really good. They've always been really cool. 
and the guys uh, the guys at VMI are terrific as well by the way okay. the guys at VMI uh, they, they sorted us out with an Ari Amira a full set of lenses oh, wow. and a couple other bits for a day for £350 Bloody hell, yeah. which is yeah. about half what that should cost yeah 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 that's really good see I've always um, at least on Robbed I was kind of lucky that I just went and found, I found that the guys that were uh, making the thing with me they happened to have their own gear so that sometimes that's helps. helpful yeah, yeah. We, we often the other thing that I would say to any filmmaker coming out now is you do not need to shoot on an Arri Alexa yeah exactly you do not need to shoot on a RED yeah. you don't need to shoot on any of these big cameras because and you don't need to shoot RAW yeah. I mean, if anyone shoots raw, every time I find someone shooting raw, I want to strangle them <laughs> because all they're doing is making their own life harder. Yeah. If you're going to shoot on an Arri Alexa, shoot ProRes, don't shoot raw. It's yeah. about a quarter of the data size. Um, yeah. And you might actually stand a chance of editing it. But yeah. your computer, you know, Hollywood do it because they've got computers with unlimited power. Yeah. And they've got all the money in the world. Yeah. And so, so they can shoot, you know, the new Marvel film at 8k on the, on the yeah. Alexa 65 or whatever. Yeah. However they do it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but you know, because they've got the workflow capability to do it. We do yeah. not. Yeah, and, exactly. And so when I see people shooting 4k or 4k raw yeah. and then handing and then they don't get a DIT. So then what happens is you're trying to edit 4k raw footage. Yeah. You may as well, just blow your computer up now yeah absolutely I, you know funny you should mention that i made that mistake once actually on another little thing um yeah where we shot it at 4k raw and my editor's uh pc literally died yeah it just it, it does it it's, it's it. so big and you yeah. don't need it to be big and if you're going to shoot raw for any reason yeah then you need to get your grade done at a post house in london that's going to cost you more money yeah there is it's a trap yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a trap it sounds that a lot fancy. of people fall for because it sounds like, oh, I'm shooting my new film at 4K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, it sounds nice, but you're all, now that I know a bit more about it, yeah. I'm like, well, hang on a minute. That's just ringing alarm bells to yeah, me. Yeah, like, yeah. why are you doing that? Yeah. What possible reason do you have to willingly sacrifice your own mental health? <laughs> um, uh, you know, it. you won't finish the film faster. It, no. it will just, you know, there's great cameras out there. We shot um, Light Glass on the Sony A7S2. Oh, nice. Okay. With a very basic set of lenses, we started with a, with a set of Samyang primes. You can buy the Samyang primes for five hundred to six hundred pounds for the full set. Right, they're, they're not expensive lenses. Yeah, um, but they are nice. Yeah, yeah. And we sh- we did shoot in four K, but we shot four K compressed. Okay. And then we delivered the film in HD. So as soon as you downsize the footage, your your HD is just super crisp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we we mastered the film in HD. Could have done it in two K probably, yeah. but I just thought, what's the point? You know. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather it looked amazing at HD than it did than it did, it did at 2K. Yeah. Such an easy trap for filmmakers to fall into that costs you tons of extra cash. Yeah. Because um, the other thing with the big cameras is if you can't light them properly, yeah, it's pointless. They just look shit anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's wasted. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's waste of time. Yeah. So and everything takes longer because if it's bigger, yeah. so you need a bigger crew. And if you're only paying expenses, you may as well have had a small crew and paid their wages. Yeah. At this point, so it, it's like. You can very easily fall into the honey trap, as I call it, which is like, yeah. look at all this stuff. Because it looks great on social media, right? Yeah, 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 like, it does. Everyone wants a photo of themselves next to an Ari camera because it says to all their family, look, I'm a real filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. I made it, mummy. Look, exactly. <laughs> of course, it's actually a lie. You're, you're yeah. a real filmmaker if someone at some point has paid you yeah. to make, make something or you've been able to raise the budget and made it and put it out online. Yeah. Now you're a filmmaker. Yeah. Now go out and make another film because now yeah. you're just negotiating on yeah. price and you're negotiating um, on, on, you know, however. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, no, I totally get it. I mean, and, and I, I was actually, funnily enough, uh, that particular footage, I, I didn't even uh, stick it onto a hard drive and send the whole thing to them because I didn't have enough because I didn't have the money yeah. to go and buy a hard drive. So, you know, I'm spending a week trying to chuck it across on using my, like the free version of my AirBridge, and it's just like... Oh, yeah, mate. Oh, that, that God. Is do you know what though? For any for any filmmaker that wants to try, yeah, that is the best learning experience. Yeah, just get it wrong. To realize that you're about to lose your entire life buying yeah. hard drives yeah. and waiting for them to clone, yeah. so you can send them to an editor who will definitely hate you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, and that is, uh, you know, I suppose everyone's got to do it. Yeah, I'm just trying to save people. You know, if I made the mistake, I've definitely done it. <laughs> um, just trying to save people that that the the heartbreak of realizing you've essentially. Yeah. You may as well have set the money on fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And, and, and it is yeah, it's hard. It, and it's a great. It is a good learning curve. I mean, like for me, for example, I you know I, I did a short course in filmmaking. I knew I was interested in it. I, most of it was self taught. I was reading some of the textbooks along with uh, family members who were on film production courses and stuff. And then I went away and I did this uh, ten week uh, filmmaking course. And I, I honestly came out of that thing not having learned an awful lot, to be honest. And then it was only when I started doing it and started making these kinds of mistakes. I know it's a bit cliche to say, oh, you know, failure is the greatest teacher or whatever, but... It is, though. It yeah, is. absolutely, without a doubt. Okay, yeah, so... I, yeah, I spent considerably more money going to film school. I yeah. Went, I, did a, I did a BA and then I did a master's in screenwriting. Wow. And I have to say, I didn't feel... I'm not going to throw any shade at the people who taught me. They're brilliant no. people. Yeah. Um, but there's a massive disconnect between the people that film school spits out. Yeah. Um, versus the reality of actually working. Yeah. Um, exactly. And that that was the biggest eye-opener for me. Yeah. The reality of actually working, the reality, you know, there were people on my course who were just, like, acting as though they were Wes Anderson. <laughs> acting as, you know, they, they were waiting for their next visionary idea to yeah. be given to them. And, and the thing with that is, there was a, a trend, you know, there was a trend, mm. which is they were all wealthy. Right, interesting. And and sort of then some of them went on to yeah. make their first short film, which they were calling low budget. And their budget for their first short film that was six minutes long was like twenty grand. Jesus Christ! And and because they've paid everyone to basically do it for them, right? Uh, and and then it would somehow get into Tribeca or, or something. Right. And, and okay, you just that's, think, yeah. okay, um, that that's great, but it doesn't do a lot to change the perception that film is is for is for very you know is is a club kind yeah. of dominated by by wealthy people yeah Jeez. and it, it's it is but with new technology yeah um these kind of amazing cameras that are, you can buy one for less than you can rent an array for for a week yeah um you know all of those things it is changing yeah um and there's now going to be i think a lot more voices coming out yeah and there has been definitely, although crowdfunding, I think, has basically allowed anyone who's ever had an idea ever to pitch there. To do something, yeah. And there's not necessarily, there's no editing of that idea to go, is this a good enough idea that people want to watch? Yeah. And then what you've got is oversaturation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then people are now quite like, hang on a minute, you know, I, I, I've donated to six crowdfunding campaigns and five of them have never been finished and the other one was absolutely shocking. <laughs> yeah. Um, it puts people off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, that's interesting. There was a, there was I'm not going to name any names actually, but I I think because uh, we tried to crowdfund or rather I tried to crowdfund um Rob. It's hard. And, yeah, and I did, I it really I didn't get anywhere to be honest. I mean it was okay. We we made but we only made a, a few hundred quid like about 300 I think. And whereas yeah. it cost me uh just under 5. Yeah, so, it can be it's a full-time job crowdfunding as well. Yeah, a lot yeah. Of people think they throw their idea up and people will start to lavish them. Yeah, with money and actually it's more and more Doesn't competitive yeah. people make a lot of very small donations yeah. the other thing that we we did it a few times and we were very fortunate yeah but then we didn't really to, to get people to donate often the perks you have to give are quite expensive yeah, yeah. then you end up shelling out for them at the back end of the film production anyway yeah, yeah so yeah. what you might as well do is just put the money you think you'd shell out for perks into your own film yeah exactly that's um, that's part of that learning curve i mean my just getting yeah. just getting the posters and stuff printed which is one of the perks uh, cost uh, about a third of what you know of what it uh, of what we made basically or what we generated. Yeah, uh, there is a really good company though. If you yeah. need printing, and yeah. I'll just tell this to everybody because I love them. Okay, uh, they're called Solo Press. Okay, they're um, yeah, they've got a website. Check it out. They are incredible. Okay, uh, their printing quality is fabulous. Not like Vistaprint. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't use those they, guys. Yeah, although well, allegedly I've never had a great experience with Vistaprint. No, I've only had um, business cards done with them. Yeah, I've had business cards and they come out a bit murky. The guys yeah. at Solo Press um, are great. Uh, you can get it next day delivered. I think we had all 100 posters for Survivors delivered, um, both landscape and portrait for our Horrorcon convention. We had it done yeah. for less than £100. Oh, wow. Okay. So they were, and that was 250 posters I think we got for that. That's a, that is a superb deal. And what size yeah, are we talking about? And here? that was just online. It wasn't like a special deal that I phoned them and negotiated. That was, that's their price. Wow, and that included okay. shipping to us as well. And it was next day. They were on my doorstep at 10 o'clock yeah. the next morning. Jesus. 
and they were doing yeah. these at what at the at the full UK size. What well, I forget what it is, but they, they were no, you... they were these were A three. I always do A three. Yeah, okay. The, the larger the paper size, the more the headache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, so A three. A three is a nice size for people to frame. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if they want to do that, but that's how we do. I've got uh, you know I collect film posters. Yeah. I try and keep them quite small. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I okay. I only got A three to be honest. I didn't do anything bigger than that. Yeah, um, and the mistake a lot of people make is trying to make a sales thing, so they do like a double-sided thing. That uh, um, costs massively. Yeah, yeah. And, I don't um, even, and then do the shiny finish or whatever. It's just so expensive. Yeah, I don't even know what the application would be for that. Forget that. Like, there's no yeah, yeah. point, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, God. There, yeah, there, I mean, there's so much that you have to, that you have to keep in mind. Um, okay, so there was another interesting point that you made uh in your posts about the festival uh, circuit. And one of them was scam festivals. Now, Oh yeah. Yeah. This is a, a this one really caught my attention. Cause I was like, shit has everybody that I applied to other than freaking rain dance in New York. Are they all scams? No, they're, they're definitely not all scams. Um, okay. there are, but, uh, there, there's a few. I'm not going to name any names on here, obviously in case they no. come after me, we're not a scam, <laughs> um, but there's certainly, uh, some I think uh, there's two different types that fall under this. There's ones okay. that are just out and out scams. Yep. So like there's ones. Uh, I'm, again, I'm not going to name any names, no, but no. Um, I know Vanessa Bailey, the filmmaker. She was struggling with. She actually called a festival out on social media, oh, saying, yeah. "Has anyone actually confirmed that any screenings take place for this film festival? Because they've taken my money and they've said we've been nominated, but I can't. They, they won't tell me where to go or what time to be there or anything." Right, interesting. Um, and it turns, uh, yeah, there's so she, so she called them out and she got her money back. Oh, right. Okay. It turned out it was not uh, an indeed a legitimate film festival. And I suppose if you think about it, it's quite an easy scam. Yeah. Like if you were a scammer, yeah. you could sit there and go, I'll charge people £12 for my online film festival. Yeah. Right? And, our, our, and because filmmakers are notoriously desperate human beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they want to, the validation of laurels on their poster. Yeah. I can do. Uh, okay, I could do an online film festival while I'll host, even if it's not a scam, yeah. I could do a festival where I host 10 films that I like on my website and we'll call those the award winners. Yeah. And it's cost £12. And you get a thousand submissions to that festival at £12. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money, of which, of course, it's cost you maybe £200. Yeah. Uh, to do. So there's festivals like that that are like yeah. online based and you seem to get nominated. You know, there's 56 different awards categories. Um. There was one, again, I won't name any names, but we got in. We got into one of their gold or like top festival selections for the month. Okay. Um, which we, we liked at the time, and I won't say who they are. And then mm. they emailed me and said, oh, would you like an award? And we were like, well, I mean, everyone wants an award. Nice and shiny, <laughs> lovely, right? Yeah. So I was like, and they went, great, it'll be £400 to buy your award. Oh, I was right. like, Sorry. Um, you're supposed to send them out. If I've won something, that's lovely, but I'm certainly not going to pay you for the privilege of doing it. Yeah, what um, the hell? That is bizarre. And, um, and then he said, there was his online link. He said, you can download your statue here. And then it was like, you had to pay. That was bizarre. And then that same festival were offering for $2,000 yeah. to screen your film in Los Angeles for a week at, right. a, at a cinema, unnamed cinema, of course, yeah. um, uh, so that it was Oscar, could be an Oscar contender. Right. And this service was being sold to me, and I, I thought to myself, well, actually, if you do your research properly, short films, that's not how they qualify. Yeah. And secondly, uh, what? I'm not <laughs> going to pay you £2,000 that privilege. Yeah. Um, if, the, if the Academy wants to call, they'll call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're the Academy, you know? So, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, I'm pretty certain they don't even know I exist. So, yeah. it's, um, uh, that was it really eye-opening. Wow. Just in terms of that. So there are some red flags I think filmmakers can look out for. One, no screenings and events. If it says online festival, great, but make sure that your fee isn't very high. Yeah. Um, uh, but chances are it could be a way of collecting a, a, a shitload of uh, submissions, four, five, six thousand submissions. Yeah. Uh, charging you 10, 10, 15 pounds for the privilege, yeah. posting a few online, and there's no, that's not going to help your career. No. Because that website may not have very many visitors. Yeah. Uh, apart from other filmmakers desperate to see if they won. Yeah. So it, it, it creates enough traffic for them to go, look how many hits we get. But actually you're not reach, you're not extending your circle. Yeah, yeah. So you need to, to, to always do your research. But like one, there's about 5,000 awards categories. Hmm. Best sci-fi, best short sci-fi, best sci-fi with a girl in it. Best, you know, 
the, you know, this list goes on. Best interesting film. Well, you know, yeah, I've, seen, wow, I've okay. seen all of these. That's a real uh, thing, huh? Best interesting I've film. I've seen best interesting film, best arty film, best, sci- um, best horror film, best dark horror film, best dark thriller film, best thriller film. And at, you know, at this point, you start going, why do you want all these award winners? Yeah. <laughs> because there's no weight to this. Yeah. There's, uh, yeah, you might win an award, but so did 45 other people. Yeah. Um, which tells you how many submissions they're fielding for a start. Yeah. And then it also tells you, well, they're trying to please as many people as possible so that you come back and spend your money again. Yeah. Um, mm. And that's not really what this is about, no. I don't think. You know, filmmakers, we, we do spend money, uh, but we don't spend money, uh, we shouldn't waste money. Yeah. Film is an expensive game, you know, to play, so yeah. don't don't waste it on stuff that's not actually, it might look really good on your poster, but when an agent, say, goes, Oh, um, so what have you been in? Go, well, I was actually best interesting film. Mm. Uh, and they're going to go, sorry, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. at which point you'll go, but it was a thing. And, and then you'll be really butthurt because the agent's been rude to you. Yeah. And then you'll, and then you'll realize four years down the line, that you were diddled and you were in fact, yeah. and now you'll be raging. Uh, and the agent will be like, ugh, amateur. And yeah. it doesn't help anybody. Yeah. 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 Um, so masses of masses. That's my one. That's the huge thing. No live screenings. Yeah, is is a big one. Um, if they say there's live screenings, go online and start chatting to people that have allegedly won awards. Track those filmmakers down. Yeah. One thing uh, these festivals love is IMDb awards. Mm. So if you go on there, you can find who won it. Get on IMDb, find the filmmaker, get on Facebook and contact. Them. Did yeah. you screen at this festival? Was it an actual screening? I noticed you won best film. Yeah. Tell me about the experience. You know, and people will generally talk to you if they had a shit experience. Guaranteed. They're definitely gonna. It. Yeah. They'll guarantee. What's that old phrase in retail? You piss a customer off, they tell nine of their friends. Yeah. If you uh, make them happy, they tell one of their friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it takes longer to build a positive image than it does to, to, to build, build a negative one, one yeah. which is super interesting. Yeah. Um, that, that's two. And then three, I would say, uh, would just be to look out for the reviews on their film freeway page. Okay. And or no website. If they don't have a website that looks, or if they do have a website that looks like it was designed by a dude who closed his eyes and started clicking, yeah, run. <laughs> you know, they can at least pay for a basic website. You know, you can get a yeah. drag and drop website design now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That you can do that looks fairly reasonable with the SEO all dealt with for you. So yeah. if it looks like a scam website, it probably is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're pretty. I think you can always tell when it's a scam website. I feel like human nature kind of tells us something's wrong with it. Yeah. Um, and then if they don't have any reviews or the reviews are like relentlessly positive by people that yeah. sound and look like bots. Yeah. Uh, th- that's a big one. Yeah. Uh, you know, check the reviews out. If it's a great festival, 10 out of 10, what an amazing experience. And everyone's saying roughly the same thing. Yeah. yeah they yeah. probably paid their friends and made some fake accounts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just be on the ball about that sort of stuff because it does happen. And we're, yeah. we're a market of people that, want people to see our stuff which unfortunately makes us exploitable yeah and we'll, and we'll do it because uh we want it we because you want it and that's and there's nothing wrong with wanting it yeah you know i'd be concerned and terrified if people didn't want it yeah um but you got to want it in a sensible way yeah and you got to want it on your own terms and i think so often so much of this is is focused on persuading us to part with money yeah that's not necessarily the wisest thing to do. Yeah. But that's why the guys at Film Freeway have these curated lists, you know, the top 100s. Yeah. The reviewed festival. Scams can still break into that if they're the top 100 reviewed festivals. So still check them out. Check they look legit. Speak to the... The other thing that no one thinks to do is on the side of Film Freeway, there's literally a button Mm. with the contact details for the festival director. Yeah. Email them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't just stick to... Don't just stick to that, um, uh, the cover letter option. No, there. email them and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. before you even submit and go, hi, my name's this, I'm going to think of submitting a film. And I'm not saying this works. Yeah. I'm just saying they might go, when they look at the submission, they might actually watch it. I still think yeah. there's a vast majority of festivals. I've had some feedback from some, and I still don't think they watch them. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get like feedback, and you're yeah, like, yeah. did you watch it? Did you watch it though? Yeah. I don't yeah. think you did. And if you did, did you watch it on a laptop with one headphone in while you weren't really paying attention? Yeah. Because you were cooking dinner. Yeah. Uh, and, and you do, th- and because that's, and if you think about it, it's very relatable. Yeah. We were, 
I know, I know we've all got friends that have asked us to watch their short films and we do it, but we do it when we're doing something else because we're really busy or yeah. whatever. And, and so now I try and say, I don't have time. I'm trying to be really honest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, unless I can sit down and actually watch it on my television with the yeah. sound on properly. Yeah. I won't say that I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, because when that, you know how it feels when someone hasn't really watched your film instinctively, yeah. you can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can definitely. You can, you can tell. Yeah. And then you go, oh, I feel like a bit of a mug now. Yeah. But it just Especially seems... when you paid for the privilege of submitting to their film festival. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, and it just seems it's, it is just a waste of time. And it's like I'm way too old in the tooth to be doing that garbage. It's like if you haven't seen completely. It, and the other thing that a lot of people think is, and I work with some really talented filmmakers. I produced a film yeah. last year uh, called Fifteen Minutes of Fame. Terrific, actually, really funny. It's online. Yeah. Um, and they put it in some film festivals. I think they did about four. And then they went, "Oh, we haven't got into any, so I don't think it's been great." And I was like, "Guys, you have to do loads." Yeah. Like, so Light Glass is the most successful thing I've ever done. Okay. And that has got a 29% success rate at festivals. Yeah. Uh, according to Film Freeway. It's yeah. slightly better than that because I've done some outside of Film Freeway. Okay. But uh, slightly better. That's the most successful thing I've ever done. I submitted to 98 film festivals on there. Yeah. 98? Um, so, yeah. Bloody hell, man. Wow. But we were very fortunate we had a financial backer that came yeah. on board and helped yeah. uh, with the festival submissions. But again, the other thing is we picked and chose our festivals carefully. We approached yeah. our festivals. You know, we were really careful to foster or festivals that had screened up my work before yeah. or had said, we're not going to screen your work this time, but we'd like to see what you do in the future. Yeah. I was sending them a screener saying, are you interested? And they would say, yes, please submit. Here's a code. Or here's, nice. you know, like if you've got relationships, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. They, they, they can go, actually, yeah, we think this might be something we'd be into. Yeah. Um, and so please do submit and then they would send you a discount code maybe or yeah, yeah. or even just a code to, to make sure that it flagged it. I don't know what they were doing with these codes. Yeah. But, um, and those festivals, 90% of them went on to take us. Oh, nice. Okay. Which I... was, it was, it was good. So having a personal relationship, you know, never email a festival back and say, I hate you. You didn't screen my yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Damn, Definitely. I struggle. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, just going back because to... you, could you never know when something will fit the program? Yeah. Is that what you were saying about the, uh, yeah, like emailing the guys? You know, there, there were a couple of, um, festivals which I submitted to. I mean, okay, you su- submitted to, what was it, 90 odd? Um, I, I think I only. Not the most I've ever done. No. Well, really? Oh, wow. Okay. What is the most? I submitted to 114 for Spaceman and got Jeez. to 24. Wow. That is insane. Yeah, which, which and it looks like a great festival run until you see the list of rejections. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You feel everyone goes, what a great festival run. You go, well, sort of, but it was a, a one day. I yeah. forget what day it was, but this was the notification day for a couple of festivals, and then loads seemed to get back to us in one day, and we got eight rejections in a day. Oh, that's hard. Can you imagine what that was like? I yeah, was like, someone get me to the pub immediately. Yeah. Like, I can't handle that much failure in a day. <laughs> yeah. I just need to go and get drunk now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we did. We all went to the pub and got drunk. And then the next day we got two acceptances. So nice. it comes and it goes. Yeah, exactly. And it really does go in waves. It's weird. Yeah. I had, I think I submitted Rob to about 11 or 12. And, uh, and we got six i think and it's very but, good it's very good success yeah right, i mate. thought that was quite yeah i mean but the th- that's 50 percent. it's 40 50 percent. that's yeah. higher than anything i've ever done that well I, I guess i just got lucky but a lot of them were sort of smaller shows the only big sort of name you can say that we got and we actually technically didn't get it was a uh, liftoff but what happened was then they said well we want to put you forward um for the online one do you want to submit it to the online festival so they do a really yeah. nice sort of one week online thing and we didn't have to pay anything extra. I, I had to re-upload the film and re, you know, go back through the yeah. application process, which is fine because I was kind of, I felt used to it and comfortable with it by that point. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah and, then, and there were a couple of festivals which I wasn't sure about, but as you say, like I, I just, uh, I emailed them and they did email back, you know, so yeah. I was lucky that, yeah, I had a, I had a little bit of a dialogue going, with an actual person as opposed to just a platform. It helps because it's a very yeah. inhuman, very yeah. machine-driven process. Yeah. And so to make any contact with a human being, I think it's human nice. beings, we, we need that and we yeah. rely on that. Yeah. So much so, you know, I, I get so sick and tired of people, you ring them and then they text you back. Oh, I, d- I don't answer calls. Could you text me? Well, no, I can't, I can't text you yeah. because it'll take me two hours to tell you what I'm going to tell you <laughs> via text or yeah. it'll take me 35 seconds yeah. to tell you over the phone and I'm very busy yeah, yeah, yeah. today. So, uh, and then that's, 
but we're getting the age where people are starting to avoid contact with people. Mm. Like it's, it's that we're, we're willingly, um, cutting ourselves off yeah. from other people and, and these relationships that we forge, yeah. you know, and that's, and actually what a filmmaker has to do, I think now yeah. is get rail against that. Yeah, yeah. You have to rail against that. You have to force the situation to be personal yeah. because impersonal situations favor, yeah. um, uninteresting things. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, and you know, your film is anything but uninteresting probably. So, you know, you need to try and, get it out there and the way you get out there is your unique voice everyone talks about their voice as a filmmaker what about your actual voice <laughs> yeah, you know, what about your actual voice that's also you so get that out there be a mouthpiece and yeah. um, don't be afraid because there will definitely be people that even listen to this and go oh, he's wrong mm. great good I want to be wrong yeah. um, because we learn when we're wrong Yeah. and the other thing is it's just my experience so I'm only sharing things that I've spotted yeah. Or seeing that this is all my experience. Again, someone else may go, I don't agree. I've used a festival submissions, you know, yeah. slate and it was, it was great. Yeah. Um, and we got into 26 film festivals and I was long listed for a BAFTA. And, yeah. and I'll say that's all wonderful. Yeah. But would your film have been long listed for a BAFTA without them? Yeah. Probably because it's brilliant. Yeah. And so, you know, I think focus first on making a brilliant film. Yeah. And if you happen to have the budget, maybe chat to one of these submission people, but also, it is not difficult to sit and educate yourself on festivals online. No. Actually do the research. You know, yeah, like we yeah. wouldn't book a holiday with our eyes closed. Yeah, exactly. So and you're making a similar financial commitment, two or three hundred yeah. pounds minimum probably. Yeah. Um, with a mixture of free festivals and a few more expensive ones and some yeah. clever using of, of codes and stuff. Yeah. So you need to, it's an investment. So you need to know what you're investing in, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And so no, you should yeah. be all over it. It's a busy, you know, you got to think about it like a business. What's yeah. the scale? If you made a film for 30 quid, don't yeah. go and spend five grand on festival submissions. No, 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 no. Um, yeah. You know, maybe go and spend a tenner and do yeah. a load of free ones and a couple of paid ones. Yeah. But focus local. Yeah. Your first film, focus on what's around me that's local. What's the film community like? Can I get screening? Yeah. And then as your budget grows, so should your reach. Yeah. You know, that to me is the most logical path. And that's what we've tried to do. Yeah. Um, although budgets don't always grow, that's the other thing. You can have loads of money for one, and then five pounds for the next one. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That's that's the other thing. And it's kind of like um, you know, I, I've come across people who, uh, and I think I'm sure I'm guilty of this as well myself. Where if you're buying a car, for example, and then every new car that you get has to be bigger and better and fancy. Oh yeah, because it makes you feel good. It makes yeah. You feel good. So like. You know, I, I don't believe that that should apply here. So just because, you know, your first film was small, then the next one doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, or you don't have to just go and submit uh, 200 festivals all of a sudden. No, you should think about, like, we did a film called Carrion last year. Yeah, I remember, yeah. We, we shot for, like, 70 quid or something like that. It was ridiculous. Wow. And, uh, although by, we worked out, the reason why the budget's five grand on IMDb, is because we worked out all the stuff we got for free. That's what it should have cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, plus everyone's wages, but we just ignored those. Because we all just did it for free because we thought it would be fun. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we knew that was never a festival film. Yeah. We did get a festival to screen it. We did the world premiere out of the can in in, in, uh, in Derby in, in July. Okay. Nice. Well done. Yeah, it was never supposed to be a festival film. So yeah. Carrion was never supposed to be for festivals. Yeah. Um, so we released it online. Uh, and it's okay. on Amazon Prime, Roku, and a couple other things. Nice. And um, because we just wanted to get it out there, and this distributor said, "Yeah, I'll do it." For you. Yeah. And they really liked it, and it was good fun. So, so sometimes, um, so sometimes uh, that happens. So, Adam, thank you so much uh, for talking to us today. That was superbly uh, interesting, and uh, I hope I can get you back someday. I'd love to. Thank yeah. you so much for having me, and I hope what I've said has been helpful. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, let's chat soon. Okay. Thanks, Adam. Cheers. Right. Bye. Bye. And everybody can check out uh, Adam's new film, Light Glass, uh, next month.